Hello and welcome back to Last Guys Off the Bench, the podcast where you get expert NBA analysis from expert lifetime bench warmers. My name is Josh King, and I am joined by the man most likely to show up in jean shorts and a Sean Elliott jersey for pickup. His name is Juan Aranda. Juan, how are you? One, two, if you're wearing a Sean Elliott jersey, who would you want to be like what type of Sean Elliott would you want to be? Oh, I'm, I'm just like, Spurs, oh. no, but you want to be Spurs iteration one Detroit or Spurs iteration two. Definitely second version. Like I'm just going to be shooting tiptoe threes and calling Memorial day miracle every time. Yeah, the knees leave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't even need it, but I have just like the thing on my knee anyway, on top of the shorts. Yeah. 99 Elliot. That's the move. That Hardly other voice you hear talking with Juan right now is the man most likely to hydrate with a Coca-Cola on the sideline, the original Coca-Cola, of course. It's Darcy Fraley. What's up, man? We're, we're talking fountain soda with some crushed ice, man. Just... No, I imagine the glass bottle. Like, unnecessarily, you brought the glass bottle. <laughs> Darcy just walks in with a cooler. It just has, like, glass bottles of Coke <laughs> on right. the sideline. I was in that McDonald's commercial where they're, like, playing pickup, and then all of a sudden they're having, like, two cheeseburger meals with the Cokes. <laughs> <laughs> some great advertising right there. Yeah, sponsored by... <laughs> it becomes one of those commercials where it's it's like a share a kindness commercial, share a Coke, and you just like dunk on somebody's ass and you like block him as well. Yeah. But then the commercial the ends ball, with you guys just like, the commercial ends with you guys just like Linking. choosing, yeah. Yeah, clinking away as best friends <laughs> once again off the court. <laughs> That's right. Share the ball, share the court, share the Coke. <laughs> that's that's the move. There we go. Coke, yeah. book us right now. Book us right now. You're here first, folks. Go, 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 go. All right. We are recording this uh, this episode of the pod on Saturday, October 3rd. Um, we actually have a lot of exciting non-on-the-court news to talk about. I'm looking at you, Darcy. Um, lots of coaching changes, uh, lots of hype as we get into the offseason or at least get close to that. But, of course, we have to lead off today with the NBA Finals. Game two of the finals took place last night, and game three will be played tomorrow. Darcy and Juan, I still can't actually believe that we actually got an NBA finals this year. For a long time, I didn't think they were going to come back and that this is going to happen. How are you feeling about, about watching these games? Like, gameplay aside, we'll break down the games later. But, like, what's it feel like as a fan to be able to watch the finals in the bubble? It's going to be pretty awesome being able to – turn off the Eagles game to put on the uh, <laughs> Heat Lakers finals game Sunday night. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, it's been really cool like having football with with the uh, basketball. I'm about that. I'm sure both leagues hate it, but as a fan, it's pretty dope. It's amazing. I actually the finals like I tuned I tuned in like a couple minutes before game one started and it was the first time that it felt weird. Like I never thought the bubble felt weird or like different it was just like basketball they were they were into it but there's just like an energy around like pre-game mm-hmm. for a finals game like the crowd yeah. you just feel it there's you can almost cut the tension with a knife I really do feel like that and it was gone it was just it just felt like another game it didn't feel like the finals it's like esports sure. like all of a sudden you're like watching ESPN 2 like at midnight <laughs> yeah yeah like League of Legends like I'm watching like the basketball tournament yeah yeah <laughs> with ex-college hoopers that's what it felt like you know what I thought of there. 
When I saw Miami on the court in the finals again, my mind immediately went back to the Shaq. To Shaq. No, the, the it went back to the Ray <laughs> Allen shot. Um and I specifically remember vividly, Juan, I'm sorry, but when when Ray Allen hit that shot against your Spurs for Miami, I just remember the sea of white of the fans. Like everyone was wearing these white t-shirts and we were like waving around white towels and like the way that like the energy in the place just exploded when Ray Allen hit that shot is some for some reason it's burned into my mind and it really did make me miss the fans for the first time as well like it's just it's just a little different it doesn't quite hit the same way yeah the intensity is different too not necessarily like on the court but just like when you're watching it at home like you don't kind of have that buzz and that and that vibe you know yeah you think about like the I know we weren't we weren't going to talk about gameplay yet, but like you think about the like the, how the Heat beat the Bucks. Like, did the Heat beat the Bucks twice in Milwaukee to go up two zero? Yeah. But as know. a fan, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't miss the crowd during the conference finals or, at, or like at all throughout the playoffs. It it mm-hmm. didn't really hit me until the finals. Like, I think it's crazy. Just like there really is a jump in in excitement and anxiety for the players. I assume it just it 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 was lacking for the first time for me i don't know but yeah i think you're right i think the e regardless of how this series ends the heat will kind of be questioned next year throughout the year of like well they were the team that took most advantage of not having to play on the road mm-hmm. so, yeah know. well and i think like uh, denver like with denver have beaten the clippers they've come back three one twice <laughs> they did yeah, last right? year's thing <laughs> so I, that lends them some credibility that not yeah, that they okay they beat the sp- Three one, but that they played two game sevens last. <laughs> they beat the Spurs in game seven. The Spurs were like a much worse team. And then who did they beat the next time? I don't remember who they played uh, in the second round. They lost to the Blazers in seven last year and oh, the okay. conference semifinals. There was just like a little bit more credibility, like for them because they were there before. They were the two seed last year, and the Heat didn't make the playoffs last year. Uh, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I have a there's the, this is an unanswerable question that we're not going to be able to figure out right now. But why the hell did they change the NBA Finals logo? Probably because YouTube paid a lot of money. <laughs> but but give me the classic cursive NBA Finals logo. That shit was meaningful. When you saw that, it it meant something. And, and now, like it, it really did. It it it. <laughs> when I saw that logo, it literally like brought out a like an emotional response in my mind when I would see that. And and now the logo is just trash, and I hate it. So screw you, YouTube TV. <laughs> screw you. <laughs> I, I, I I didn't even notice, honestly. Well, it's been like that for like two or three years. This isn't the first year, but it okay. it definitely the the old script with the finals written out is a. It's lacking. Yeah. And then for a while, the uh, conference championship had just had the team logo and it said finals in that font. It was so sick. Okay. Yeah. I know. I know what font you're talking about there. I, I guess I didn't notice the new logo. Um, yeah. Like pay attention center court tomorrow. You'll see. Right, it's it's it been out. like that yeah. for a couple of years. Soon it'll be by Hulu. Really pay attention. Yeah. Hey, do you know that they have live sports? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to like go through the TV and just like jam my fist down somebody's throat if they say that again. <laughs> if I have to see Joel Embiid one more time say Hulu has live sports. I mean, at least Joel Embiid's not on like some tiny body like Baker Mayfield and whoever oh, else yeah. is in that commercial. Saquon? <laughs> yeah, is that what it is? Yeah. Uh, RIP Saquon. Rough. 
All right, guys. Let's um let's break down some basketball here. Um, if you don't know, game two of the finals finished up last night, and the Lakers won 124 to 114 to go up to 0 in the series over the Miami Heat. Game one, um, the Lakers obviously won as well, 116 to to 98. These these games, they felt a little different, but the outcomes were still very clear and 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 pretty similar as well. What what do you what have you seen so far on the court for the Lakers or Miami? Just start wherever. Um, I am surprised. Well, I guess, I guess I can't say I'm surprised, right? Because we've seen it throughout the playoffs. But I thought, especially in Game One when Bam was still in, I didn't think that the size difference would be that huge for the Lakers. But it really is, right? Like they're they're gonna give the big men a resurgence almost because the fact that they have three different bodies that they can put out there that like do their part is really impressive i think that's you know most teams are rocking one big guy and like maybe a decent uh backup but the fact that howard is like doing his thing and even mcgee will give him spot minutes here or there that's kind of what's been crazy to me how much the size has mattered and then uh i like when teams say they're gonna go small and if the lakers go small that means davis is their five which matches up with everybody else's big lineup big lineup <laughs> um like bam is the Heat's five. And I mean, I guess he probably would be anyways, but they don't have like another person that matches up at the four spot. Was, I think Iggy was guarding Davis um, a yeah. good bit. And it's like, that's a joke. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I was watching a good bit of game two there uh, when the Heat went to zone. Um, and I, it was amazing. The whole game? It was like, yeah, yeah, I guess they were playing. You know, they kind of like go in and out of it, right? Um, well, in game in game one, in game one, they only had three possessions where they played zone and they went really heavy with it in game two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they they actually the Lakers actually attack the zone like you're supposed to, like you're taught when you're in middle school. Like the pass, <laughs> you have somebody going in the middle, you have somebody behind the mm-hmm. zone running baseline. Like it was amazing. It was like somebody told them what to do and how to break a zone. Like they were ten. What, and it's like they have they have the one they have the size advantage is really big for breaking that zone as well because you can kind of more easily go over the middle over top. Right. Well, you can rebound a lot better when you're rebound a lot, but yeah, against the zone. Even if you're not playing a big lineup, it's just a lot easier to rebound because you're not matching up with somebody who boxes you out. But then the biggest, the biggest thing with the zone is just the the caliber of like veteran leadership that the Lakers have. I mean, you have LeBron, who's the smartest player in the league. Like, of course, LeBron's going to break the zone when LeBron's not in. You've got Rondo in there, yeah. and like Rondo, for all of his faults and we use the like moniker of playoff Rondo way too much, but he's been really good in this series, and he's legitimately been the Lakers' third best player. And he's been great in the playoffs. Be, yeah, being able to see him, just being able to see him work the zone as well, it's like second nature to him. It's it, it literally doesn't face him at all. I think it says um, more about the Celtics though. Like I wasn't even trying to like praise <laughs> the Lakers on it. It's just like it's pathetic that the Celtics. Let me just take a dig at the Celtics. You know, give me a minute here for, <laughs> for all the Sixers fans out there. Um, dad you're listening i know um yeah i just like the celtics couldn't break a, a standard zone it's embarrassing i i don't understand it it's i guess it's less about what the lakers are doing although yeah they're attacking it i don't know how you put i don't know how you play the zone in game three if you're miami <laughs> <laughs> yeah that ray allen three man just like 
We got. Uh, you got him back in the next year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have a chance. We didn't even get to bring our team back. They let everybody go, and and Jimmy they kept Brett Brown instead. <laughs> I wonder what would have happened if we had Doc Rivers instead of Brett Brown. Ooh. If we fired Brett Brown and we hired Doc Rivers, does Jimmy Butler stay? Yes. You would have also lost. You would have never made the conference finals. That's what would have happened. Classic yeah, Doc that style. might be true. <laughs> Doc would have blew a three-one lead again. Hey, he's won a chip. We'll get there. Actually, let's let let's let Doc Hain. Let's give Doc some peace for a while. We'll get we'll get, we'll get to there. him. I have words for Doc. <laughs> um, <laughs> So I, I think uh, a lot of people criticized the uh, the Heat for going zone in game two, basically all the game. At least it felt like it was basically all the game. I think it was more so like a roster construction aspect. It's like, okay, we don't have anyone that can guard these guys one-on-one and Bam's out. So our best bet is to just, you know, make make their lives a little bit more difficult in the zone. My, it I, more I, difficult. It bails them out. It allows you to, like, it, the, the zone doesn't make it difficult. No, no, no. But I think strategically, they've always they've done it throughout the regular season. They're like pretty good at it. It's worked against almost every team. I understand that the Lakers are a different beast. At least it looks that way so far. Um, I just got it in the sense that I think they would have had a really rough night going one on one, man to man, either way. I think they did well. I'm okay with the zone, but they like if the person that is reaping the rewards is Anthony Davis near the basket, you have a really big problem, right? Like. Yeah. If you're going to play the zone, make it so that Rajon Rondo is beating you on the three. Like, if you lose that way, you lose that way. But you just can't have Anthony Davis shooting, like, 12 for 13 to start the game. Yeah. But, Juan, you already said, and I mean, they just don't have anyone who can stop Anthony Davis. Like, Anthony Davis is going to shoot 12 for 13. I think with Bam there, it, it might have looked a little different. I think the fact that they kept it within 10 for a good majority of that third quarter and then the beginning of the fourth, Mm-hmm. made me feel like maybe they wouldn't have won game two, but it would have been a nail-biter if Bam was playing. I, I was thinking a lot about that 10-point lead and how Miami was able to hang in with that. Um, I actually think that was misleading. I think the entire time, even once Miami – Miami got the lead or got the deficit to 10 points, and then the Lakers just kept doing just enough just mm-hmm. to keep everything at that level, and it's yeah. still – one, the Lakers weren't challenged at all, and it still felt like even when even when they were up ten, they could have easily gotten back up by twenty. If they like really if they really wanted to like lock in and lock down, they could have easily just done whatever they wanted with that with that heat team. Because by that point in the game, in the fourth quarter especially, I mean the Miami was giving Kelly Olenek the green light to just do whatever the fuck he wanted with the ball on offense. He was their go-to offensive option. Like that's not gonna <laughs> he was yeah. though. He scored he scored 24 points, I think. He yeah, had a great he, game. Um he's playing too much. But he was playing way too much. He was doing way too much with the ball. And he was he started off good is like he like did his role and he like got a few buckets and then all of a sudden he started feeling himself and was just like <laughs> running up to pull up for a three. Like I don't know what that was about. It was some Deion Waiter shit. <laughs> I'm about it. Somebody gave him the green light, told him to keep shooting. But regardless, but, though, regardless, I I don't. I was thinking positively about that ten point deficit for Miami as well, about like how close they were to making it a game again. But realistically, I don't think it was that close at all. Yeah, you make realistically, a good point. it was yeah. way further than ten points. It it never <laughs> felt like it was. I never felt like the Heat were going to win. No. I felt like they had a chance to even the score up at the end of the third or in the middle of the third quarter because they kept getting it to 10 or 9. Mm-hmm. 
And I was like, if they can get within five, like striking distance, real striking distance, I thought they could win it just because they're really good at closing games, but they never even got that opportunity. This, yeah. So this series feels like, I feel like it's like a state, uh, high school state championship. And it's like, <laughs> it's like this one team that like really doesn't have a lot of talent, but they just play really well together. They're all seniors and like, they've just been playing together for two or three years. The coach knows what he's doing and they're all white, obviously. And it's like, the other team is just like guys that have already signed to UNC and Duke. You know what I mean? And like, they just have way more talent. Okay. So the only thing there though, like okay, everybody keeps saying things like that. Or I feel like it's like, Oh, the heat like play they so hard. They like have great defense and they do those things, but the Lakers also do those things and they're yeah. more talented. It's not yeah. that they're just more talented. They play really hard and they play great defense. Oh no. Yeah, they do. I'm just saying, I'm talking about the talent disparity. I didn't mean like, I'm not saying like they're just, you know, running up the court and saying what happens, but it, it's the fact that like you just the talent disparity is so huge. And I feel like that's something you see in a state championship high school like game. <laughs> you mean Duncan Robinson just. Yeah, well, yeah, the, exactly. I mean, I, 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 I read, Robinson guarding LeBron. <laughs> I read, I read somewhere. I read somewhere last that's night. That's why they play zone. Last night, the Lakers started three former first round picks. The Miami Heat started three just white basketball players from the United States. <laughs> like that's the biggest difference in those two teams. I think the, so I don't know if this is just talent, but I feel like, <laughs> I don't know if it's just talent, but something that really stood out was how much the, um, like, I can't tell if it's LeBron or if it's a uh, Vogel that like everyone's bought in for the Lakers. Right. So I don't know if it's just like the coach brought in that culture or if it's just everyone knows how, how good they are and how close they are to a championship. But every, everyone plays really hard. Everyone plays really smart. Whereas I feel like some of these players on other teams like wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. You got to give credit to Vogel at least a little bit. I, I'm, I'm actually really surprised at, at that as well because I feel like, I mean, LeBron always says his team's kind of in tune, but this team is like really bought into their role. Like each person, yeah. I feel like plays their role and they play it well, and they don't try and like do anything too crazy. Even like Marquise Morris, even J.R. Smith. He actually got playing yeah. time. Like, like he's like, I don't, I don't think he should be playing at all. But like, he's not like trying to do anything too wild. So, so um, I guess a, a quick hypothetical question: If you're the coach of the Heat, right? If you're in the situation, what's your strategy? Like, what do you? How do you try to beat them, right? I mean, you you got to feel like you you can, right? You've you've gotten this far. What do you do different? What do you what have you seen that you didn't like, or what do you keep the same? You need Bam back. Adebayo needs to be back on the court. If Adebayo is not back on the court, I think he's gonna the, play. The Lakers will sweep. Yeah. Um, I think he's gonna play. I think that's the first key thing, and from there, I mean, I think you need to try and pick up pick up where you did leave off in game two, even though we just talked about how how it was not as close as it seemed. In game one, it seemed like the the Miami Heat were they were trying out a lot of different things on offense and on defense and none of it was working. Game two, they kind of settled into more of an identity for how they wanted to play throughout the game and maybe in the series as well. And I think you just need to keep committing um and just I don't know. Some of that comes with understanding that 
this is maybe unwinnable no matter what. And I'm sure that's not the mindset that Eric Swolstra has because that's not what gets a team like Miami to the finals in the first place. But like, even though they're losing, they just have to commit and still play like their best form of basketball. Yeah, and I, th- I think Duncan Robinson and Kendrick Nunn have to be better. And I, I, Kendrick Dunn actually looked pretty good, but um, like Duncan Robinson, like I, I don't know what he shot. He probably shot like one for eight or two for eight. Um, yeah. But I feel like his minutes are are a waste. It's like twenty minutes of like, just like is nothing, yeah. right? Um, I, I don't. I, I would be curious to know what his plus minus is, um, but I bet it's not good. Um, and then he, I think Jimmy Butler needs to shoot more than fifteen times in a game, or however many shots he had. Like he's got to shoot twenty five times in the game for them to have a shot. I mean, I is Butler disagree. that guy though? Who's that? Yeah, but somebody needs to take the shots, man. You can't just be like, right, right. let's spread well, it around and have Myers or uh, Kelly Olynyk have 15 shots. Like, No, but, okay, so I kind of disagree, right? Like, if it, I think the biggest thing from this series um, has been how good Jimmy Butler is, right? I think we all sort of didn't give him enough credit throughout his career, right? Now we're looking back at everything he did on those other teams. Um, like, well, the Sixers were good, but, for example, like the, the Timberwolves that were trash and he made them a playoff team. And stuff like he that. He was great with the Sixers. We loved him. No, yeah. I'm just saying, like, it's not like he was the difference in you guys going to the playoffs or not, right? But he yeah. he was a catalyst for that team. But I mean, like, it's his, he he's not he's that's not his role. Like, he put up 17 shots, and I think that's a decent amount of shots for him to shoot. The difference is, if Bam's there, you're getting better quality shots than Olenek just putting up fucking full of threes, whatever that was. Um, but he's been really good, like. He puts up 25 points. He had 13 assists and eight boards. Like, Definitely not saying that he's not playing. He's playing amazing. But they need more of it. For them I to have a shot. he can give you more. He's not a volume shooter. Then they're like going to get swept. <laughs> well, I but think that, they're going to get swept worse <laughs> if he's putting up three <laughs> shots. I, like, they, they need somebody to step up and, and shoot more. Like, I just, that, they yeah. need somebody who can well, do think, it. And he's capable I think of scoring. So Theoretically, I mean, Tyler Hero and, and Duncan Robinson, they, they are supposed to be those guys. Hero played like they well. are supposed to be. Hero played He's a lot better in game two. But he, oh, yeah. yeah. He, well, yeah, we knew that, though. That's why they play zone. <laughs> right. Duncan Robinson. That's why they play zone. 22 minutes, Duncan Robinson. Uh-huh. Guess what his plus minus was? It wasn't as bad as they were in game one. Uh, I'll just tell you. Minus 15. <laughs> minus 21. <laughs> yeah. What was, uh, what was Tyler Harrow's in game one? Minus, like, 31? 35? 35 or some shit like that. like that. It was ridiculous as well, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I think uh, you have to play him. He just needs to play like the, yeah. he's just playing terrible. So here's, here's my problem with, with the way the heat are playing the zone. Right. I think in general terms, there's like two schools of thought. I think one of them is a lot dumber than the other, but it's either you're like, okay, well, we'll let their best player get theirs, but make sure nobody does anything else. Like one guy can't beat us five. Right. Mm-hmm. Or the other one is like, don't let their main guy get theirs, make the role players beat us. And the heat are doing, are letting everyone score. Right. <laughs> <For> game one. <laughs> That's what happens in the zone, man. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, you get too many open shots. Well. Yeah. Game one, LeBron and Anthony Davis combined for 59 points and the rest of the cast combined for 57 and then game two, LeBron and AD combined for 65. 
and everyone else combined for 59. And it's like, you got to have one or the other, right? Mm -hmm. Either everyone scores, but your main guys don't. And if you're not able to stop them, like you can't let everyone else go off, you know? Mm. I would play man and double Davis. That's that's what I think. I actually and, agree with that. And and don't whoever's guarding LeBron, don't leave LeBron, but leave everybody else. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you need to you need to make Contavious Caldwell Pope Pope and um and Danny Green. Danny Green and He's due though. He's due. Kyle Kuzma. Like you he's, need he's to, good you for need to make game. them beat you. Yeah, I agree. Well, yeah. What's crazy though, so I mean I was looking at the box scores for these games and each game, like Danny Green put up 11 points. He put up double digits in game one. And Contavious Caldwell-Pope put up double digits in game one and two. And Kyle Kuzma put up 11 points in game two. And just Everyone put up when, I, when, I, when, when, I first, when I first saw those box scores, I was like, wow, this is a really good game for these Lakers bench players. Like they each put up 10 or 11 points. And that's true. But then also just the fact that a good game for those guys is only 10 or 11 points just shows how inadequate they are compared to like some of the depth that Miami seemingly used to have. Really? Yeah. So, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. Cause besides for Robinson hero and Butler, who's left on here that you think is going to score 10 points on a consistent basis. Leo Linick could easily go off. Crowder. He can easily go. Crowder. Crowder. Playoffs. Yeah. Crowder. Yeah, like Crowder was, was doing actually it, okay, okay, he was okay. actually doing Dude, it. No, no, Crowder, Crowder, and Pope right here. If you're gonna like say Crowder, then you gotta you gotta put Pope there. They're the same fucking type of player. They're both shitty, <laughs> and they both are capable, are capable of putting up ten points. <laughs> they're they're both capable game. of putting up ten points, but they do it in different ways. My point is that Jay Crowder, throughout these whole playoffs, has been doing it on like four of six shooting, as opposed to what he would give you before. <laughs> and like Pope is always gonna give you ten points, but it's usually gonna be on three of eight. Okay. Right. So I think that makes it a little bit. I'd rather have I'd rather have Pope than Crowder. Jay Crowder was five for six uh, last night, actually. <laughs> I guess he needs to shoot points. more. What was his plus minus? Ah, well, I mean, they all had minus. Yeah. Plus <laughs> well, did they all have minus? That's not always the case. You got to uh, play your every... bench players, and sometimes your bench gets beat or your starters get beat. So um, Jay Crowder was minus fourteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andre Iguodala was plus one. He's their only plus. From last night, and then Kendrick Nunn was a a neutral zero. What was Myers Leonard? Because <laughs> he only played like five minutes. But... <laughs> he minus stopped doing bad really quickly. Spolster was like, "No, man." Um, let's um, let's let's pivot a little bit. We've talked a lot about the inadequacy of Miami zone, and we've talked a lot about like all these other role players who are or are not stepping up. But let's take a second to talk about Anthony Davis because um, he's just been incredible. I mean, him and LeBron as well. We can talk about both of these guys. Um, I think it, it, can't, it can't go unsaid that, like, regardless of everything else that we're talking about and all these other kind of smaller scale facets to the game that we're watching, like, Anthony Davis and LeBron are the reason that the Lakers are going to win this series and, and be the NBA champions this year. Um, Davis has been absolutely incredible. Like he's literally just been doing what he wants, game in and game out, and he's been really fucking intense. He's been playing great defense. He's been, he's been. Uh, there's this one play. There's this one play in game one. Um, the Miami loves to run like little, uh, 
little fake handoffs, um, like fake screen screen handoffs with guys with a uh, bam out of the post and like the top of the post. And there's this one play where like bam early ran this move, ran this offensive set and it was flawless and perfect. And he got a clear look at the basket and just like jammed one down and it was an easy bucket for the heat. And like a quarter later, he wanted to do the same thing, but Anthony Davis was there this time and like saw it coming and just like blocked his ass. And it was, it was a really cool recognition or it was a moment of recognition for me to just kind of realize that like Davis has always been an explosive offensive player. He's always been able to be explosive on defense, but like even right now specifically, like he's just, he's just buying into being, being the guy for this team. And it's really, it's really cool to see. It's really fun basketball. I think he's the MVP so far. Like if it was a, if it was a two out of three and then this was it, I think uh, he'd win the MVP over LeBron. Ooh. I don't know. I mean, he might deserve it more, but I bet LeBron's averaging close to a triple double. I mean, like, okay, so let's say Anthony. Da- I I don't know the stat line. Okay, he is. Uh, Anthony Davis is probably averaging like thirty-five and fourteen or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. And Le- I'm gonna guess LeBron's averaging like thirty-nine and nine. It's nine so and like, nine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, you know, I. I Anthony Davis probably is averaging like one or two assists. Like I don't know how many assists he has over two games, but it's probably three or probably four. Probably two, yeah. <laughs> like so, yeah. I don't. Anthony Davis is phenomenal on defense, so that would be the reason you'd give it to him. But LeBron's also playing good defense. I don't, I don't think you can go wrong there. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I guess you know it depends how these rest of the games go, but I think as of now, Davis is probably like he just seems like the guy, right? More than LeBron out there. Like, yeah. Uh, well, he can just eat that. He can eat everybody's lunch that, that's guarding. Mouse in the house. Yeah, mouse in the yeah. Well, or Whatever. Kelly Olynyk in the house. <laughs> <laughs> or they're playing zone, so he gets like an eight to ten footer that's wide open every fucking time. Like you could just he can live there. Ridiculous. Yeah, it's just not. It's honestly ridiculous. That. It's not fair. It's sometimes it's not fair. Like just watching some of the shots that Davis gets. No, but I, I also think that, like, the Heat, the zone has been so easy for them up to this point that, like, I don't think they really had to hustle to make it work. At least not against the Celtics, right? And now they're just, like, getting Celtics beat so mess. easily. Like, How many times can we chill on the Celtics? They're gone, and, like, how not many enough. times are we still going to bring them up? Not enough. Not enough. Yeah. <laughs> so there are some times where, like, they were lackadaisical almost. Like, Obviously, the Lakers are really good passing the ball, so they're going to get it to the open man, and, like, no one would hustle to try to make that shot contested. Like, there was I re- there was one sequence where uh, I think LeBron, he, like, missed this wide-open three on the zone. But there was tw- – it was, like, a 24-second, like, they were passing the ball, moving the ball, and cutting and going, which is exactly what you need to do against the zone. If you stay still against the zone, like Juan was saying, you, you, you make it easy for the defense, um, and it's a lot easier to guard because you're not moving, you're not expending energy. But the heat ran around for 24 seconds, and I, like you do that a couple times, like you're gonna get some really easy wide open shots. And although that on that possession, I can't remember when it was, but he missed a shot that was wide open. Mm. I mean, you can't. Eventually, those are these are professional players. They're gonna make, they're gonna make them. And they're just getting destroyed on the boards. Like, it, it's it's so horrible. Like they. That to me, that's lack of, of effort, right? Because if you guys get if you four guys to go down there, and just go up against AD, right? Just like out of sheer numbers, you're bound to get more of those. But they just wouldn't weren't ready to board because 
Like, you know what I mean? They had way too many second chance points. If they're going to get easy shots off of the zone, then you need to rebound the ones that they miss. But that's the thing about a zone. You can't, it's hard to rebound in the zone because you're like moving so much with the ball and not keeping an eye on any particular man. You're like keeping an eye on two or three or four different things. You can't, it's, if you're in a zone, you're going to get out rebounded. It's like guaranteed. I don't care if Bam's in there or not. Like, that's just going to happen. It was just too easy, though. Like, way too easy. I agree. They should have got out of the zone. They played the zone the whole game. I don't know what they were doing. But, again, like, they had Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero on the perimeter. They're going to get picked on if you do screen and rolls, like, all fucking day. And you have Kyle Olenek and or Kelly Olenek and Myers Leonard. Like, uh, tough spot to be in. I was really – I was really high on the heat coming into the series. I was I was really riding the the train and riding the heat wave. God, that's a bad pun. Um, it was all right. <laughs> and I'm honestly kind of like kicking myself now. Granted, there have been Miami's like the worst possible injuries that could happen to Miami happened. Drogic being out is Drogic was like kind of an X factor for them. He was the type of guard that could kind of probably break through the the front line and break through the guards for the Lakers on the outside. Um, similar to how he did with the Celtics and whatnot. Like he's just so crafty. He can just like kind of wiggle around and find the space. And that's the stuff that the Lakers seemingly like would have struggled with the most. So injuries aside though, it just seems so clear that the Lakers are just bigger and stronger and they just have the more talented players. And, and that sounds so basic and simple and stupid, but I overlooked all of that coming into the series. I was so I was so adamant on on Miami being this still really sneaky, savvy, crafty team that's going to 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 challenge each team that they go against in like a special way and attack each team in like the perfect spots. But the Lakers are just fucking better. Like they just they were better in the reg- they were the best team in the regular season and they've been the best team in the playoffs and the most dominant team in the playoffs so far. And, and it's continuing to the finals as well. Missing those two, uh, Dragic and Adebayo is like huge. Yeah. I mean, you could make an argument that they're more important than Butler is. Um, I don't know if I'd agree with that argument, but you could make it. It can be made. Yeah. I mean, Dragic, I think is their leading scorer for the playoffs. Um, yeah. I feel like I heard that on a telecaster too. And Adebayo has been playing really well. And he matches up well with Davis, um, where none of their other guys do. Even if even if he could – I don't think he's going to slow him down per se, um, but could have gave it to him on the other end a little bit. That's a tough can, loss, man. Can Bam Adebayo five or six years from now become Anthony Davis? No. It's a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I think AD was already a monster as soon as yeah. – like his rookie year, he was already playing with the USA team, so – I'm I think say no. that they're just two different, two different levels, right? Different, Fair. different stratosphere for Anthony Davis for sure. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, maybe I'm down. Like, to I don't, I don't mean to sound down on him, but maybe in comparison to other people, I'd say, like, does he make another All Star team? Darcy, get yeah. out of here! Come on! Yeah, no, that's not. That's not. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> He's good for another all-star team. All right. I, you know, he's, he just looks like somebody who's going to be 15, <laughs> nine and two blocks like for his whole career. That's just who he's going to be. 
No way. He's so much better. Have you seen how no. how much he's changed his game this year and how much he's become an actually well rounded like the stuff that, that Anthony Davis the stuff that well, Anthony yeah, Davis does, like with the, like Davis is a very well rounded offensive player and he's huge and he's incredibly athletic and he can just basically do a bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Bam can do that. It's not all quite as refined as Davis's game is at this point. And he's a little smaller, but like Bam is a smaller Anthony Davis, like, and he projects to be like a slightly smaller Anthony Davis. So, I mean, Bam's gonna keep Bam's probably the best center in the East right now. Okay. No, I mean, I'd like I would not put him over Embiid for sure. What has Embiid done? Like, I wouldn't either. But like, what has what Embiid Bam actually done? done? Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> How can you say you wouldn't put him over Embiid, but also say he's the best center in the East? I. Right now, I mean, he played. Bam's played Out of way the teams better. In the East in, that are left, he's the best center. <laughs> That's my oh, hot take. That's my <laughs> hot take. You were saying that you, he's better than Embiid. That's he played much better than Embiid did in the NBA bubble and in the playoffs. Okay, sure. You, I guess you could make that argument, and I, I would be hard pressed to fight against it since Embiid was terrible in the playoffs. But you're talking about. 12 games for Embiid, and he played 10 of them. So we're going to make that judgment based on that? I don't know, I, dude. <laughs> I'm just – so, well, then let's break it down. Okay, Kendrick it, Nunn, rookie of the year, 20 games into the season. You know, it's just like, uh, yeah, he, Bam looks great. I'm not – I think Bam's uh, better than you gave him credit for. And I think – okay, and he's not – he is not – Joel Embiid is going to be like the more naturally gifted player forever above Bam Adebayo forever. Like that's always going to be the case and the divide will always be there. But even if you just take Embiid out of it, like what other, what other centers are in, what other big men are in the East that you would pick over Bam? Giannis. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I need to like actually look at some rosters, but. You have Bam and you 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 have Giannis and you have Embiid right now. Maybe, Wait, let's go, maybe through, let's go through team a, by team real quick, right? Okay, well, why? so my, my sleeper pick, maybe, I can totally see why people would disagree, but for me, like, Sabonis and Bam are pick them. I, I would agree with that. That's – I agree with that 100%. So, back to my point, is Sabonis going to make another all-star team? He might. He's I think Dan's better than Sabonis is. <laughs> like, Sabonis is nasty. Sabonis I'm not nasty. saying he's not. I'm not say- I would want both of them on my team in a heartbeat, and they're probably capable of being the third best player on a championship team. I don't know if they're capable. I don't know if they can be the second best. But I, I, I think don't, maybe, I, maybe, I, yeah, maybe I can't say that because they made the finals, and, you, again, he, he might be their best player. He might be their most important player. I don't know if he's their best player, but. I've got. I'll take. I'll take. Myself. I'll take all of your Bam stock. That's all I'm saying. Then, if you I'm don't believe, I'm not dumping any Bam stock. stock. I'm just not like. I'm not gonna pay. I'm not gonna overpay for it. And it sounds like you are. I am. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, no, he's I'm, nasty. Not, he is nasty. I is he gonna be Anthony Davis? There's no fucking way. I just. There's I was no just fucking gonna say way. before. If that 15 footer starts landing consistently, 15 to 18 footer. That shit. Like, even if he hits the 12 footer consistently. Yeah. That's the shot he needs to be able to hit. That, like, like he, sometimes he does those turnarounds. Mm. But he, he, he yeah. was he was hitting a lot of them earlier in the playoffs, though. And in game one specifically, he was like he was also he hits. He's been taking a lot of those mid range shots and those little runners, but he's been taking a lot of just like little floaters over the top as he's working his way into the paint. And 
he never missed those shots like in the playoffs up until the finals. Like he was making every single one of them. And in game one, he glaringly was just breaking these shots and not even close to, to getting them to go down. But um, I just think, I think I, I legitimately, I think Adebayo is closer to like where we want him to be than we think he is. Vucevic or Bam? But that's Bam. troubling. Bam over Vucevic. Bam. He impacts the game uh, in a more holistic way, although Vucevic is He's got a lot of an game. incredible offensive player. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he used to be on the Sixers, man. Gave him up in the when we started doing the process. Bam Adebayo, third best big man in the East. Book it. I can live with that. That's yeah, fine. Maybe I, was, maybe I was downplaying him. Well, I'm still I not like going to sit I here and say he's better entrenched... than Embiid. You just entrenched yourself, both of you, in your position. <laughs> I think that's what happened. <laughs> I think there's a lot of middle ground there. Honestly, Darcy, but... I thought you would be more um, anti-Embiid than I than you were. Well, Embiid's still like – okay, so here's the thing. People just like completely shit on Embiid to the point where now his value's <laughs> nothing. I just <laughs> – I, you know what I mean though? Like, it's just kind of like, let's just slow the fuck down for a second. I don't, I can't stand Embiid. I can't stand watching him on my team. He's really frustrating to watch, but he's still uber talented. And if he ever puts it together, his ceiling is like, his ceiling is fucking Shaq one year. Like, that's just, that's how talented and good he is. I don't think he's ever going to get there, but he's just much more, even as maligned as he is, he probably had a much better year than Bam did. And Bam had a great year. What was Bam? 16, 8, and 4, which is really great. I'm not trying to poo-poo it, but Embiid, as frustrating as he was, was probably 25. 17, 10, and 4. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, like, I ne- great year. Like, And the assists, I like I like seeing the assists at that high. That speaks a lot to, like, what you're saying about Anthony Davis. Like, He also averaged over a block and over a steal per game, too. Okay. 1.3 blocks. Wow, yeah, this, is, right, this, is right. incredible, this is incredible content right here. Man, yeah, folks, really I bet you're riveted. Down you're really <laughs> riveted listening to this. <laughs> Mom's already hung up. She's done. <laughs> She's hung up. How long have let's, we been recording? <laughs> we really just went down this, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's, let's but, just let's move on, though. Some last predictions for the rest of the series. I yes. think it all depends whether Bam comes back. We can wrap it up and then talk about the good stuff. <laughs> I say... <laughs> If if Bam comes back, Lakers in five. If Bam does not come back, Lakers in four. Lakers in four, either way. <laughs> oh, uh, actually, none of them. I I think they're gonna sneak one in regardless. I think they'll win game four. I think they're good for two. I'm gonna go Lakers in six. Wow. I would bet some serious cash against you on that. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> Very here first. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it, yeah. Eating right, seven one. after going down three <laughs> zero. Yeah, right, basically right. worst yeah, team yeah. ever. It's exactly how Jimmy wanted it. That's what he backs against the wall. He's got to shoot more. Studying that Jokic tape. Need more. From All right, Jimmy. let's move on. Yeah. Let's move on Lakers to the good stuff. Um, we already talked about the Sixers a bit. We couldn't avoid it. We always go there, but now we're going to talk about the Sixers a lot more because Doc Rivers is officially the new head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers days after getting fired from his job with the Los Angeles Clippers. Days after um, he mutually parted ways? 
Yeah, quote unquote mutually parted <laughs> ways. <laughs> um, Doc it took really them so long to do that. But yeah, why why didn't it why didn't it, it happen immediately later. after they lost? Yeah, I feel like I would have been pissed as hell if I was bomber. I'd have been like, yo, get the fuck out of my office. You're fired. It's because uh, Uncle Dennis needed a couple days to get back from the bubble. <laughs> That's what it was. For you know, sure. I guess. Okay, so I want to talk about the Clippers first, though, it, it, before we you know start dumping okay. on Doc. Um, okay. Who are they going to replace him with? Because if it's not Jeff Van Gundy, I think they made the wrong call. Because if there was going to be Ty Lue, yeah. Jeff Van Gundy, I would have preferred Jeff Van Gundy for the Sixers, um, and definitely the Clippers. But like, what's the play here if it's not Jeff? Yo, Ty Lue, Who? Stan Van Gundy. That's what they should go what, for. No, you know what they should do? This he would be a mess play. with that roster. This is the play, <laughs> He'd be though. so pissed. Yeah. You, you bring on the first ever dual head coaching situation and have both the Van Gundy brothers. Oh, I thought you were going to say look. Kyrie and KD. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> Everyone's you know, a coach here. Oh. <laughs> Yo, how high was he, man? What? Yeah. Yo, no. one day I can be a coach. One day agenda. KD can be a coach. The next day Jacques Vaughn could be the coach. We could yeah. all be the coach. Yeah, Jacques, he's gonna come out there and put some, you know, put some dimes on there. Hell, you know, fucking Jared Allen has a good game. He can be the coach. Dude, I mean NBA Live 06. If you weren't putting Jacques Vaughn in, what were you doing, right? What were you doing, man? You were no, what Spurs team was he on? Like 03 or 04? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like 06 through 08. Oh, okay, yeah. He was nasty, you know. Great fourth guard. Oh man. Oh, Sorry, no. yeah. <laughs> Spurs need size. Gotta get Jock Vaughn in there. <laughs> Six two, really, really strong. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I really do think though that it's gonna be Tyloo. There's no way it's not, right? Who else is is Mc, isn't Nate Tyloo still available? Tyloo met with the Pelicans recently, though. Why isn't D'Antoni <laughs> going to the why isn't he going to the Falcons? D'Antoni was going to go to the Sixers. Why? And Doc Rivers Doc Rivers Why? Doc Rivers swept in and stole this job Thank from God. underneath of Mike D'Antoni. I can see how the Sixers job is more attractive. It's like a team that's ready to compete for a championship. I, I think D'Antoni thinks of a, the Pelicans as like a project for a couple years first. But that's like way more fun of a job. Way more fun, right? Well, you're under, so you, your expectations are, can we make the playoffs? And I think you would blow those out of the water. That team is, like, ready. You got Drew Holiday. You got Zion. You got JJ. You got all those, you know, Lonzo. the poo platter of the Lakers. <laughs> you got 19-year-old Brandon Ingram. <laughs> Speaking of someone who's not going to make another all-star team. Yeah, that was Yo, a joke stop this year. Stop these guys. That was not a joke. He was legit this year. Come Ingram? on. Dude, DeRozan yeah. was putting up Jordan numbers. How did he not get it over Ingram? Who was? DeRozan. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was averaging like 25, 6, and 6 on like 60% yeah. shooting. I don't think Ingram's going to uh, – in all seriousness, I, I do think Bam will make another one. He'll probably make like three, but like, I, don't, I don't think yeah. Ingram will make another one. He'll make one more. Man, I will take all of your Brendan Ingram stock. I am accumulating all of the stock. Tonight. He's poop, dude. He's going to average 15 points next year because Zion's going to take those shots. JJ's going to take a little more. I think Josh Hart's going to have some more on the three. Yeah. Lonzo. And Drew's already. Oh, well, Lonzo doesn't really shoot, so. <laughs> Too much sometimes. Uh, but let's, okay. <laughs> wow. We've really, we really diverted away from, from the main headline here, which is Doc the Sixers. 
Like Darcy, specifically with hey, that wait, wait. change, what do you think? Wait, can we, we not smash go on Ty Lue real quick? Because like, okay. <laughs> when they fire Doc Rivers and they're gonna put Ty Lue in, that's just I don't understand. I'm missing something, um, I, I guess, because I think Ty Lue's a worse Doc Rivers. I agree. They're both they're both locker room guys that <laughs> supposedly can handle players well, and neither of them do anything next to Zuno's related. Yeah. Did you hear did you hear this stuff? Like since since the Clippers lost, since the Clippers lost, there's been more and more coming about about why they lost and about some like internal conversations they've had within their organization. There's just a like, bunch Clippers, of babies, dude. Well no, the Clippers the Clippers are the Clippers have one of the like highest payrolls for like the scouting departments, analytics departments and stuff like that. Steve Ballmer balled out and just put up all of the money to like make sure that this team was well equipped to be able to He's got and just said fuck all of that let me trade no. all my picks to get Kawhi. <laughs> but then but then even beyond that though like so people like montrez harrell was awful against the nuggets trez yeah. could not play and doc rivers refused to drop his minutes and Doc Rivers' rationale was that, like, man, he's just one of my guys. If we're going down, I'm going down with my guys. And that's the epitome of Doc Rivers. My man. <laughs> like, that's that, – that's, that's, We'll be saying I, that I, about, I, like, uh, Mike Scott or something. Yes, exactly. Like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> we're going to be so pissed. Listen, Sixers fans are much smarter than Clippers fans, and we're going to be really pissed really quickly. I, I just – if he starts doing shit like that, I'm just going to be, like, going crazy. He will start doing shit like that. Is the yeah, problem, immediately. Because so. that's who he is. That That's who he is as a he's coach. He's just, like, I need to find the people who still think he's a good coach and, like, yeah. sit down and have a talk. I just want to understand. That's all I want to do. He, like you said, Josh, like, and Juan and I, I feel like we've talked about this on the pod before, like, because we've bashed him. So many times. Probably before the Wait, playoffs. did you yeah. say on the pod or off the pod? Hey, off the pod. <laughs> off the pod with Juan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, definitely both, yeah. Like, Doc... Like I said, you'd already said it, Josh. Like his X's and O's don't exist. Um, you know, like he just—he's one of those which can be good if your team is really, really good, right? It's like I'm going to let you—I'm going to let you play, and you have if, you, if you have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. If, no, if because Kawhi's Kawhi's not somebody who handles the ball that way. He's—that was a joke that I thought was funny. I probably oh, yeah. wasn't serious. <laughs> no, I was no, no, yeah, yeah. no one else did. <laughs> no, no, no. I—I I didn't think you were serious. But if you had LeBron, because he handles the ball a lot. Juan said Rondo. If you had Chris Paul, again he had he had, he had a Paul, so I, I just, yeah, My bad. Um, I, I wasn't trying to say people he had, but like you know, if you had James Harden, uh, I think Ron. I think Paul Simmons, wanted more Simmons. of a system. What's that? I think Paul wanted more of a system. I would agree with that because what ends up happening when you don't have a system is then there's a lot you're dealing with a lot more egos that you have to like. You're not falling back on something that you could say, oh, we're going to run this play because this is what it's going to get us this. It's instead, I'm going to shoot instead of you. And although that might be the point of the play, it's kind of like now you're getting a more direct, like, yeah, I'm better than you, so sit the fuck down. So I could see why Chris Paul might say he'd like to run a play or a scheme or have a point to, like, what their offense is doing (laughs) instead of, like, I don't know. I'm not looking forward to what's about to happen this year. It's more so less – it's less about the coach, though. I don't envision anything actually changing on the court for the Sixers now. I feel like the offense that Doc Rivers would try oh. to run is what Brett Brown was already running. It's what was already happening. I think Brett Brown had – okay, I'm going to defend Brett Brown. I know, this is, like, shocking. 
but I would, yeah, this would be, I would have bet all my money that you would never defend Brett Brown ever again. The team that where he had the, the team that was built for him, in my opinion, years after the team being terrible was when they traded for Bellinelli and Ilyasova. That type of team was constructed to be successful with Embiid and Simmons and for what Brett Brown was running, which was a lot of action for JJ Redick and then Bellinelli and they were able to spread out the floor appropriately. Um, and then even the year after, until they got Tobias Harris, I felt like they were running things on, on a similar basis, right? Even when they got Jimmy Butler, I felt like they were still putting together some sort of offensive scheme. It was when they got uh, Harris that it just got to be too much. I, I don't know if like he couldn't figure out the spacing or what. But yeah, this year he was atrocious. And I, I could see them doing the same type of thing if they don't change over their roster. I think it's going to uh, be interesting. I think they overcorrected. The uh, Sixers did. They went from, you know, drawing up too many, like not enough plays for Embiid to drawing up too many and Simmons. Like, if they don't change the roster, then it doesn't matter who your coach is, right? Like, you could put any coach you want in that system. And with that roster, they wouldn't win. I think if they don't retool the roster, um, you'll get the same product. But in that case, even though I'm the biggest doc hater, You'll get a, you'll get the same result, and he'll get too much of the blame. Mm, but okay, the the one thing that I kept hearing about, like or reading about, was that the Sixers players weren't buying into their roles. So I do think Doc will be able to fix that, even if they don't change over the roster. Like, I think Al Horford might be a little more bought in. Um, I think Josh Richardson might be a little more bought in. Can I hope they trade those players? Well, maybe not Josh, but can Doc actually get? Joel Embiid to step foot in a gym and get his ass in shape. <laughs> uh, if he can't, I, I, it's time. To, it's time to trade him. And I say that like that's a joke, but I also say that completely seriously. Like I, oh yeah, I, and, yeah. and maybe this goes back to the Bam shit from earlier. But like until until I see an off season like set of Instagram posts or videos of Joel Embiid cranking it in the gym and like lifting weights and getting shredded until I see that classic NBA off season, like self publicity stream from, from Embiid. I, I am not going to believe in him. I will not. He deserves that. That's exactly what people should be saying. I think if anybody can get him in the lock, if if anyone can get him motivated without him being traded, I think Doc's as good as any. I think more so than D'Antoni. Yeah, I feel like I feel like I feel like D'Antoni and NB would just clash. They would clash wildly. Well, the the move there would have been, can we trade Embiid? Because Simmons at and you could make that Simmons at point. Anyway, Simmons, Simmons at point with D'Antoni coaching him, like with Simmons point center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just, Even with Embiid. Amari? Turn him into Amari? Yeah, but Simmons... <laughs> okay, so he's Amari, right? And Embiid is a much better version of Amari, in my opinion. Like, he's capable of doing that, but he needs somebody who can run the pick-and-roll and shoot off the pick-and-roll and be a threat that way. And that's not Simmons. That's not Simmons. Yeah. They can still run pick-and-roll. It's just a very different type of... There needs to be some sort of action on the weak side so that they can get that person open if necessary. Or yeah. a shooter. D'Antoni could have done that, though. Maybe. I'd, I'd rather have Doc Rivers. Interesting. 
Yeah. You'd rather have D'Antoni? Talk about somebody who chokes. <laughs> well, I mean, that's just... <laughs> the, the Suns one is hard to defend, but the Rockets one is easy to defend, I think. Like, that that Suns team never made it to the finals is pretty disappointing. No, yeah, that's very disappointing, and that team was amazing. Um, I, I guess the thing that frustrates me with D'Antoni that would really piss me off if he was the Sixers coach is that he... He does adjust at some point, but then he sticks with that adjustment and burns it into the ground because he thinks it's going to be the way he's going to win. He doesn't change from what he's going to do. I think mm-hmm. with the Nash Suns, he just like we're going to keep playing up and down. And at times, I think they did it to their to a fault. And then I think with the Rockets, they played that ISO ball to a fault. To a fault. And I think there's a place for it. It's just like man, you couldn't make any adjustments on that. You just kept like. We're just going to keep doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it. And it's like, at some point, maybe show him something else. You know, it's like if, <laughs> it's like if Spolstra just keeps doing uh, the zone for the next 10 years with the heat. I just like, at some point, you know, aren't you going to do something else? There's a time to use yeah. it, but, you know, there's other hey, things though, you can when do. Ha- when you have that heat culture, though, that zone just fits. Heat culture. <laughs> hey. Heat culture. I'd take heat Gotta culture in a second. I'd take that roster in a second. D'Antoni right, well, Pelicans. He better. Yeah, I agree. Where else would he go? If D'Antoni was not on the Pelicans, Pacers? where else would he end up? Pacers, Pacers are, a good, are a good spot, actually. Yeah, he'd be, he'd, that'd be a good team no one, for him. No one's talked about that vacancy. Everything's been centered upon the Sixers and the Pelicans. Yeah, he'd be good with the Pacers. I was reading hey. somewhere that Chauncey was being interviewed for the Pacers. He would have been good for the Sixers, potentially. University of San Diego is looking for an assistant. Coach for their men's basketball team, Darcy. Who is? Who is? There you go, Darcy. City of San Diego. Yeah, let me just. I'll just drive over there. I mean, right now, hey. it's like October. Jobs open. Hey, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Do you go through your thing? Put my name. In. Oh wait, should yeah. should Dan Tony go for that job too? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'd love to see Dan Tony on a college team. That'd be so much just, fun. Dan Tony coaching UC San Diego, the greatest show on the West Coast. <laughs> He would, he would crush it at a college. Yeah, he would crush it on a college. college what about team. Kenny Atkinson? I feel like that would have been a good fit for the Sixers. That is true. Oh my God, I would much rather no. have Kenny Atkinson. <laughs> Seriously, he like runs. He runs plays, and he's a player yeah. coach. Apparently, I mean, what the fact Mark that Jackson? Kyrie and KD didn't want him makes me want him even more. Very true. Not Mark Jackson. <laughs> no. No. You guys would be killer on defense. We don't need to be killer on defense. We're already we're good on defense naturally. It doesn't hurt to be killer though. Yeah, but our offense would have been just as shit. I'm good. <laughs> I also it also says a lot. I just don't like him as an announcer. So hand down, man down. That's his only good line. Mama, there goes I don't that, like that man. One. <laughs> that one, I don't like it. <laughs> what about Mike Breen? You know, he's <laughs> <laughs> a hell of a coach. Ernie and him. All right, that is it for today's pod. Uh, Darcy, Juan, it has been a pleasure as always. Go Miami, go Lakers, whatever happens. Let's just see a couple good games surround out the season. Um, we're going <laughs> to be... for the heat these next couple games. Yes. I also, um, I, I definitely still am lingering with hope that the bet that I placed on Miami to win the series back before game one is still going to pull out somehow. So uh, Miami would meet some money, uh, but we will be back at you probably once the finals are over. Um, 
and we'll break down what happened in the rest of the series. We'll talk about any new and exciting um, off-season moves that have started to happen. And maybe we'll invest some cool... Doc will live in, you know, what neighborhood is he going to live in in Philly? Darcy, you should um, create a list of places for Doc to go. Little cafes, little bars, little, uh, little like, sandwich shops. Yeah. Compile that. that together for him, okay? Yeah, and then the we'll report back market. next pod. Yeah. <laughs> we'll we back. need that info next pod. That I'll will be a it. segment. Yeah. <laughs> All right, <laughs> I'll bring it. Yeah. Places I think Doc Rivers would enjoy. Liberty Bell. Yeah. Liberty Bell. <laughs> Probably. All right. Darcy, Juan, cheers. Peace out. Peace. Latest.